Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 66 for January 27th, 2010. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And of course, right here at the beginning of the show, let's get this out of the way because I know you're going to want to write this down so that you can get whatever comment you need to out because obviously there's going to be something that we're going to say that you're just going to be like, what the? So it's, uh, if you have any comments, questions about anything you're going to hear today or something you haven't heard, you know what? You can get a hold of us either by dropping us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message in our voicemail at 623-242-2450. Oh, man. You know, sometimes I think that it, I should memorize that by now, Mm-mm. but I never do. I always have to come back to it. And I'm like, we're going to wait. And then what is our email? <laughs> no, it's too long. You can't memorize that. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. Well, so, some very, very special news. We have a special guest with us here tonight, and this is actually a first time ever thing that we've ever done for Wood Talk. We've never had a live third guest on this show ever. And uh, I'd like to give a very warm welcome to our special guest, Shannon Rogers of the Renaissance Woodworker. Say hello, Shannon. Hello, Shannon. Okay, perfect. Exactly <laughs> what I was hoping you would do. Oh, hello, Shannon. Lady. <laughs> you you poor thing, you you are the experiment. You're going to be our guinea pig today, and we'll slowly watch, or quickly watch, what probably end up happening. All these other people that were thinking this would be a great idea just start backing out like <laughs> yeah. crazy. Right. Yeah, the idea here is not to, to necessarily interview Shannon. We're actually having Shannon help us host the show. So it's really just kind of us being lazy, if you think about it. Right. This means that both of you and I can start taking bathroom breaks during the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, Shannon exactly. takes care of it. <laughs> it's perfect. It's podcaster hazing. Yeah, that it is. All right, well, let's jump right into it uh, with our, our segment, What's on the Bench? And Shannon, you have a very different bench than Matt and I have, so tell us what's on your bench right now. What's on my bench? My bench is actually still on my bench. Okay. I've still, got, still working on getting that thing finished. It, it's, it's up and running. It's working fine. I'm just trying to put a shelf on the bottom of it because mm. I've got 
things I need to put on it that sure. are just strewn all over the shop and things that I keep reaching for. I've got uh, um, a bench hook and a shooting board that's actually stored on a shelf on the other side of the shop from the bench. So I figured let's build a shelf down here. So of course I'm doing it the difficult way and trying to do the thing entirely by hand. And uh, <laughs> uh, the good news is, is I, one of my, um, gift certificates for Christmas was a Lee Nielsen gift certificate. Ooh. So I just got the new tongue and groove plane. Oh, nice. And I've nice. been uh, putting that through its paces and tongue and grooving all the shelves, which is pretty cool. Wow. Jenna, that means that somebody really, really loved you this year. If you got one of those, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, I got half of one, put it that way. Well, I saw the, uh, the tongue and groove plane at the, the Lee Nelson show that was in Phoenix and wow, that thing is amazing. I would never buy it or have a need for it, but I still can certainly appreciate it. It was very cool. Never well, say never, a, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. Well, you know, I said the, the same thing because I have a vintage Stanley. Uh, what is that? The 48, 49? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Matt. Um, yep. But, you know, it, it it's a real pain in the butt because the, the two blades on it are, are separate from one another and constantly having to adjust them and get them in line with one another. So that especially when you're cutting the tongue, that they're on the same level, whereas mm-hmm. the Lee Nielsen's actually all one iron. Nice. And it's just got to slit down the center. And it, I mean, the tolerances on this thing are ridiculous. It's it's such a tight fit in there that there is no there is no lateral adjustment at all on it. Hmm. That you just kind of tap it in place and you're good to go. So that's it's a lot of fun. I, I've done um, I think about six complete joints at this point with it, and uh, they all have come together perfect, which is rare wow. that a joint comes together perfect the first time you play with a tool. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah, absolutely, the tool. I'm wondering if if that tool has potential in the way that a router plane does to be sort of that accessory tool for a power tool workshop so that a lot of times you do a dado, you think everything is nice and flat and it's equally deep across the entire surface, but then you run a router plane across it and you go, whoa, there, you know, this is actually way out. I wonder if you maybe can do the same thing with that particular tool and just to finesse and, and get the really, really tight, um, you know, high tolerance fit on, uh, you know, a tongue and groove joint like that. I could see that, especially if it's slightly out of square. Yeah, yeah. Do a really good job of that. Sure. Um, right, or or even do it where you you remove the bulk of the material with your power with the power tool with the t- the table saw and the dado head, and then you come back in and and then you could easily say, well, I did it all with my hand tools. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, I finessed it just the right way. <laughs> I don't know. There's something. You know what? It's funny you say that, but there is something about that that just makes me feel good. Like if I you know do the bulk of the work on a power tool and then finesse the fit with a hand tool, I feel more like a woodworker. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I do that with my hand planes all the time. It's like when I come in with the smoother, I get it all there. I'm looking at these little ridges. Look at this little 220. There you go. I did 90% of it with the hand plane on my hand planer. <laughs> there you go. That's good enough. And, the, so and the little I, shavings, the little shavings you get off of it are fun for, you know, Christmas presents. And, you know, you, you, you make your, your wine <laughs> bottle stopper and you stuff it with little curly shavings. It's a nice touch. <laughs> there you go. There you, well, that was my, my, my question was like, once you got it, how, how many board feet would you say you went through of just, just making just tongue and groove after tongue and groove after tongue and groove with no real purpose other than just to make tongue and groove after tongue and groove after tongue and groove? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's probably the sadistic part is I jump straight into a project with it. And, uh, oh, man. <laughs> basically the, the, shelf boards for the bottom of the of the rubo are just leftover scrap from the ash that was just floating around the the shop that's been there for over a year now mm. and you know i kind of cobbled it together and there, there's no rhyme or reason it's not like the shelf panels are all the same width um 
which I think is authentic. At least that's what I'm going with anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the brand spacing along the bench. So it's supposed to be authentic. There you go. It's pure, period out, accurate. <laughs> right. Exactly. Turns out there are actually 14 joints there. Um, so really there's 28 joints that have to be cut. You know, wow. 14 tongues, 14 grooves. So I've done seven so far, total of 14 of them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. It's quite meditative. Cool. Just to chill out, put on some music, put it in a vice, and go to it. There you go. I can believe that. I, I do that all the time. It's just like one of those, like with the plow plane, you know, when I was playing around with that, I can't tell you how many grooves I ended up making with that just for that very reason. It's like, <laughs> hey, the worst day, I'm plowing the hell out of this. We're going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> Definitely therapeutic, that's for sure. All right, well, speaking of your stuff, Matt, what's going on? I know you've got a, a new tool in your sites. What's the story with that? Yeah, we've uh, got something new. It will be in the shop eventually. Right now it's sitting out in the garage because it is, it's unbelievable. It's heavier than I am, and that's saying a lot. I mean, this thing is just <laughs> unbelievable, and I've been looking at it. I thought I could handle most of it myself if I disassembled it, but no, nah, I'm going to have to get some help on this one. And for all of you that are like, what do you have? I got a brand new table saw. So for all of you who have seen the ancient one that I have, it's like a 1940s, 1950s, 8-inch Safety equipment was like thrown out because, I mean, let's get serious. Men back then didn't worry about stuff like that. <laughs> they don't need safety equipment. <laughs> That's right. Even though thumbs went flying across the room and blood was splattered <laughs> everywhere, we still didn't need that. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we got a uh, brand new uh, Steel City cabinet saw, and it's the one with the granite top and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to this, the riving knife. And like I said, it's it's still sitting in the in the garage on the pallet, and it's like, all right, let's see which neighbor is going to be the lucky one that's going to help me out. And I noticed nobody's been coming out ever since that thing arrived because I can think they, they see me out in the garage tinkering with it every so often, just make sure everything's in place. And when I turn around, like my neighbor right next door, his kitchen window is right there. And I swear I see him duck below the window every time I turn around. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to like go buy a case of beer and try and convince some other guys to come over and help me get that baby down there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you're going to have to keep us posted on that because I know we bring up the granite top issue all the time and now you've got one. So we need to know, is this thing, you know, all it's cracked up to be, no pun intended, you know, if you happen yeah. to drop a hammer on it, um, you know, I want to know how this thing holds up. That's yeah. one thing I was really worried about was the the wings. Um, when I took them out, it's like they each come in their own little box and I immediately brought them in and I, I set them down. They were unbelievably heavy my big concern is when i go to attach them I, that's when i'm most concerned about dropping them because mm -hmm. they are extremely extremely heavy i'm curious to see how they attach because i mean these things have got to be like i-beams holding those babies in place that's how heavy these are wow so this is going to be really really interesting mm. but yeah the the new the new baby in the shop is um i'm hoping probably in the next week or so to at least get it in the shop and then start playing it unfortunately i'm still in the middle of all those projects that I was supposed to finish somewhere around Thanksgiving, so <laughs> right. I'm in a bit of a rush to try and get those. So I think the old table saw still might get used for a little while, but I am so looking forward to working with something with miter slots that actually accept modern day <laughs> stuff. Um, let's see, uh, safety equipment and, oh, this is the big one, working with a 10 inch blade rather than trying to cobble together a uh, seven and a quarter or searching for the uh, the missing eight inch blade that supposedly manufacturers make. <laughs> oh, the luxury of, of modern woodworking tools. It's, it's a great thing, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's, I keep hearing about this and I'm like, maybe I'll step forward just a little bit. <laughs> nice. You know, you know, I'm sold just because you don't have to clean off all that grease from the top when you get the tool. Right. That's yeah, a big bonus. You know, and it's funny because uh, the the um, instruction book actually has all the information in there about how to clean it off. And I'm like, wait a minute, 
Do they even read? No, of course they wouldn't like read their own instruction manual because it's granite. <laughs> so <laughs> why do I need to spray it down with WD-40? <laughs> Dude, that's just cool. Yeah. That's just like the Spanish and French translation of the manual. Just don't read it. Or the <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. Oh, look, they put in scrap paper with the uh, table saw. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shop scrap paper. So, right. you know, the real the real question here is you've got this brand new saw. What's going to happen to the legendary Grandpa Vanderlust saw? Because that's a collector's item. Mm. Yeah, that's like, that's like the Schwartz's whoopee rack. You got to put that <laughs> That is true. I, well, I still have the the old um uh the, the old bandsaw that I had originally too. That's taken up uh, residence still in the shop right now. So I've got all these tools, and I'm like, I'm gonna put them in my my dad's shop. Well, not his shop, his garage for right now. And my mom's like, can you take the extension cords off those? Make sure that there's no power running to these. <laughs> you can't things. plug them in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he's like. She's like, take the motor. If we don't need that, you know, it's fine. I don't know what I'm doing at, with them right now because. Um, one of my favorite sites when I first had got my hands on these tools and I was first really starting to get interested in them is a, a site called uh, Old Woodworking Machinery. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, and um, and, and I've got them listed there. And it's like one of those, I almost, I don't think I could put them up like on a Craigslist or something and just let them go to a stranger. But at the same time, the family members I do have that are interested in woodworking, there is no way in the world those people are getting their hands on these tools. <laughs> <laughs> We all know how we feel about family, and I especially feel that way about these family members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm more of a uh, out with the old and in with the new kind of guy. I mean, I have like some tools that I keep around for sentimental reasons, but if it's in the way, it's gone. <laughs> it's out of there. And, and that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking the second somebody offers me a little green, I'm like, you know what, Gramps? We had a nice run. See ya. It's out the door. I'll even help you carry it. <laughs> yeah, just just give him a liability waiver, though, well, that's all. Yeah, yeah no, no kidding. kidding. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sweet. So, Mark, you had something really big going on. Um, so yeah, you've been goofing off all week. <laughs> I haven't been doing anything productive at all. Uh, actually, yeah, I've been uh, out of town for about eight days, uh, doing seven days of teaching at the William Eng School, and I've mentioned that in the last show, so you guys probably already know about it. But um, I did a five-day class on a hall table and a weekend class on a uh, green and green style frame. And wow, it was just awesome. I mean, I, I love meeting woodworkers from all over the place and then going, you know, making a project from beginning to end with them. It's There's really nothing like taking a class. If you have an opportunity to do it, I highly recommend it. Just where you unplug, you, you just kind of focus on that one project for, you know, whatever it is, two days, five days straight. And that's it. It's, you would be so surprised how much woodworking you can get done when you're sort of, you know, captive in a way and you have nothing else to distract you. Um, you know, so it was an awesome experience. The students were great. Everybody, you know, I'm glad to say everybody finished their projects. And uh, I don't oh, think wow. there was, yeah, there wasn't anybody who was a straggler. Um, we had one guy that really was, to me, the most impressive. Uh, right at the beginning, he did the right thing. He came up to me and said, hey, look, I, I don't know anything about woodworking. He's like, I'm interested in it. And, you know, I, I'm just an absolute beginner. And my first reaction was, oh, crap. Um, you know, this is going to be one, somebody I'm going to have to keep my eye on. And, uh, fortunately he was, he was definitely, you know, catching on quickly. And I just basically gave him a little bit more attention here and there and more explanation than I gave to some of the other folks who already, you know, knew this stuff. And this, this guy made the, uh, green and green frame in, in two days and has a frame now that he's going to be taking with him to a 101 level woodworking class at Cerritos College and he's going to walk in with this frame and be like, "Yeah, I'm a beginning woodworker." And you could just see the looks that he's going to get from people as he comes in with this, you know, really nice sleek green and green style frame. So Wow. 
Yeah, yeah the rest whatever. of them are like, I made this TV guide holder and this <laughs> candle holder back right. a couple years ago. <laughs> He's the woodworking 101 ringer. Yeah. Glass. there to make him look good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this it was very impressive and it was, you know, really cool for me to see that the, the project itself could be applied to someone who was very, very new to the craft. So... Anyway, bottom line is if you guys get a chance, um, you know, we, we, between the three of us, we put a lot of content out there, but uh, video is great, audio is great, but really there's just nothing like hands-on in, in the context of an actual class. Yeah, you I know, feel like and you and I, oh, you and I had talked about, sorry, Shane, I'm, I'm going to talk over you quite a bit. That's fine, you're the host, I'm just, I'm just the guest. Well, I, you know, we always tell the kids, any minute. <laughs> well, we always tell the kids here in the Vandals household that they have to be nice to guests, but I lie to my kids a lot too, so. <laughs> but I was going to say, the one problem with me teaching would be the fact that I would have the students going, seriously, are we going to learn anything, or are you just going to sit up there and gab the whole time, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool, but um, yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, let's jump into the news, and there there is a little bit of news here. You know, it's woodworking. There's not a lot of news going around, but today we have some. Uh, woodworking in America was announced, and this is coming up in what, guys? Uh, October is it? Yep, first or second, something like that. Yeah, yeah I think the other first or the third. Okay, so October one through the third in the Cincy Cincinnati Ohio area, and. This is kind of interesting. They put up a survey, a little five-minute survey, and I'll put the link in the show notes for this. You guys can check it out. And in fact, if you, um, I guess if you do it before February 8th, you have an opportunity to win a prize, a $100 shopping spree in the Woodworkers Bookshop, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, but aside from that, the survey asks a lot of questions. And the one thing that I noticed that was in those questions was asking about power tool stuff. So what, <sighs> do, you, what do you guys think about that? You know, I, I, think, I noticed that too. That was one of the things as we were kind of going through it. I'm like, whoa, they're going to really start, you know, yeah. expanding this more. But I mean, <laughs> Shannon, you and I both know it's like one of those, that's really kind of weird. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because in the previous WIAs, there'd be like in the marketplace, you know, it's this hand tool event, but there'd be these like random vendors like <laughs> selling like router jigs and stuff. And yeah. You're like, what, right, the heck, yeah. Man? what are you doing here? And these you know, woodworkers are walking by shooting dirty looks at them like, get out of here. You know, you're yeah. How, how many times does a, a handsaw need a feather board to help hold it in place while you're cutting? You know? <laughs> it does when I do. I don't know I about you guys. Say, you seen me saw it lately? <laughs> yeah, I, think, no. I think it is long overdue. I, I talked to, um, all right, this is my name drop session. I talked to uh, Glenn Huey and uh, Chris Schwartz after it last this, what was it? last year mm -hmm. and right. they both said that they've had like four or five people come up to them a day saying you know you need to throw in some other power tool things or you need to have you know a router workshop or something like that and especially glenn because glenn's not really a hand tool guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you know, he, yeah he pretty much he, was he just spends, kind of standing around <laughs> right i mean he spends his time like carting props back and forth you see him with a little <laughs> cart rolling things around right think, yeah. um, he's the one right. over there putting the props together with the hand tool or with the right. power tools <laughs> well and if you think about it you know bob lang i mean he's pretty much all power tools yeah um, chris is really the only guy and i guess megan a little bit now that she's you know drunk the kool-aid um, right. It's it's mostly a power tool shop, and if you open it to power tools, I mean, you think about how many other teachers, guests, whatever they call them, speakers can show up. Yeah, I mean, even in the the Valley Forge one, you know, we were talking about hand tools, and in Chuck Bender's seminar specifically, he kind of turns to the side and goes, "Well, I use a table saw to do this, but I'm not supposed to talk about that here, so I'll show you how to make stringing by hand." Yeah, I mean, most of these guys that are pros, they're using power tools, so why not? Yeah, you know, I think it's great. 
Well, it was it, funny because I was reading the uh, the comments in the woodworking, whatever, uh, Chris's blog post that he put up, and a lot of people immediately, right off the bat, were criticizing them and saying, no, 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 let's keep this all, you know, hand tools. This started with hand tools. It's all about hand tools. And yeah, it may have started with hand tools, but it's called woodworking in America. And, you know, let's be realistic here. When you look at the grand scheme of things, most woodworking in America is done with power tools. So right. I, there's certainly a, a home for it in a conference like that. Right. And, you know, and one of the things is um, since a, a lot of us are, even though we, we have a passion for using hand tools, we're a blended shop. So there's a lot of different ways that they could incorporate that into the actual, you know, um, seminars themselves. Like there was a question I think in there about like, would you like to learn about with a bandsaw, like maybe making a carriole leg or something? Mm -hmm. That's easily one of the things where you can use the bandsaw to rough cut out the shape and then you refine it with your hand tools. So this is a real easy way to kind of introduce more of a, a blended shop idea versus, you know, just a pure, um, I hate to use the term, but like a, a Normite and then a Neanderthal, you know, either way, you're kind of bringing the best of both worlds and showing, you know, there's, there's more, more than one way to skin this tree. <laughs> you, you know, and ideally I think they can get more accomplished because one of the big criticisms has been, you know, these 90 minute seminars, it's, it's no time at all. I mm, mean, right. the first 20 to 30 minutes is just kind of, you know, pro prologue um, while the speaker is giving their life story or whatever. And then you're left with 60 minutes to try to learn how to cut dovetails by hand. You know, yeah. Forget about it. And, right. and I think if for Matt's example, you know, if it were a cabriole leg, you know, think about it, you could cut the whole thing out of the bandsaw and spend, you know, the last hour refining it with a rasp or a spoke shave or whatever, and actually produce a product by the end, which I think for the hands-on, clinics that would be really cool you know right, instead of absolutely. walking away with a board that you cut with a saw you know that's all rough and not plumb and totally out of square you could walk away with a cabrio leg which i think would yeah. be really cool now that's a good point and I, and I just think for me personally and i know i can't be the only one uh, as one of these blended sort of hybrid woodworking shops it's more useful to me to see this sort of information let's be realistic about this how are most people going to bring hand tools into their workshop are they just going to drop everything and unplug everything and start building stuff all by hand probably not and you know i'm probably never going to really cut things very often with a handsaw it's just not going to happen but i certainly will finesse the fit of things using you know my other saws and chisels and things like that so you know there's there's definitely value in it and um i don't know i'm looking forward to it i think it to me it's gonna it sounds like it's gonna be awesome Right. Yeah, definitely. Anytime it brings the opportunity for everybody to come together on something like this and learn, you know, something new that maybe they never thought about doing it this way. It's a great opportunity. There's just no getting around it. So I, I applaud them for, you know, bringing up the idea. And I, I say, go for it. This, mm -hmm. this can only make it better and bring more people to the point where you're like, all right, we've got to like rent like two conference centers. we got shuttle buses going back between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah um, the beard area is really going to be out of control. <laughs> the beer garden. I'll be at the beer garden. Nice. Or well, in the you case know, of most of those guys from Kentucky, they were all the bourbon, if I remember right, when we were in uh, St. Charles. I mean, that, that poor bartender, he might as well just gotten the big giant half gallon out and just started, <laughs> stayed at the one table. <laughs> I think also this year, well, first of all, it's in Cincinnati, so you know there's going to be tours of the Popwood shop. Sure. Because uh, they're there, but I think they're doing field trips too, like to the Shaker Village there. And Ooh. they've got a, a lot of other options. Um, they're combining the hands on and the seminars and like putting them into one room. It just looks like they're they're they've learned from the first two years. And sure, this is kind of a 
you know, a synthesis of all of it. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it definitely sounds like the place to be in October. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to, going to skip the tool show this year, IWF not going. And instead I'll be doing this one. So much, sounds like it'll be much more rewarding. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. That's, I'm already marking the calendar. I told the totally. family, look, October, um, <clears throat> forget about it's it. It's done. There's nothing. Yeah. It's a done deal. <laughs> yeah. Wedding anniversary, no big deal. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, last bit of news, and this is not so much news as uh, as it is a reminder. Last chance to win a Super FMT. Uh, that's in the Wood Whisperer community. Uh, remember I mentioned it last week, but uh, we've got about three or four more days, however many days there is in January. What, four more days? Uh, basically, it's as simple as going to this post that asks you to talk about why you woodwork or why you chose wood as your creative medium, and you can have a chance to win a Super FMT. Enough about that. Link in the show notes. All right. Okay, so let's uh, look around the web and see what we can see. And, and Shannon, from that uh, lofty perch that you sit on, what what do you see? <laughs> lofty perch. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it sound elegant. They all look like ants from up here. Well, Shannon is rather tall, but then again, I'm extremely short, so Shannon might actually be normal height. So yeah, he's got a taller perspective. So I'm curious what he sees from up there. Well, there's something pretty big going on in the podcasting world. The the great, the famous or infamous, shall we say, Podfather. <laughs> yeah. On this, the day of Adada's wedding, has produced <laughs> the Spoken Wood podcast which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Pretty dang well, thank cool. Thank you. So thank uh, so tell me, what what was the inspiration for this? Because it's, you know, it seems like a simple concept, but no one's really done it before, and it's it's fun. They're so quick, they're short, and there's personality to it. I, I love it. Tell, tell, tell me, like, I'm just going to let you talk because I obviously can't. Yeah, <laughs> enough no with problem. the short jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it really came down to is some of my favorite podcasts are like – um. Uh, like Slate Magazine and some of the NPR magazine shows and stuff like that. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I hear from so many people that since I started the show and to this day, my audio only feeds, which often is just all I've done is strip the audio from like a, a demo that I'm doing or something. And mm -hmm. I put it out there. It's still the largest feed that I have. And I get tons of, of emails. I like to say it's tons. It's like one a week, uh, <laughs> but no, one a day or more. Uh, still, I, I get a constant um, uh, request from people for more audio content. And I'm thinking, you know, there, there's all these these other great woodworkers out there. And I, I really would love to, like, pick their brains and, and, and ask them to write stuff because, you know, I don't know about you, but I read a whole bunch of blogs and I'm just like, I'm suddenly inspired. I'm like, I want to go try that. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, I had that moment, and, and this is really fantastic. I share them with my family. They just roll their eyes, but I know if I share them with other woodworkers, you know, it, it's really something that we could all get a kick out of. And more importantly, it's something else that they can discover, you know, maybe another outlet for themselves for inspiration or just, you know, something to help just the creative juices flowing. And that's where it came from. Now, originally, I had gotten a hold of uh, uh, Chris and the guys over at Popular Woodworking, and I had mentioned it to them. And it was funny because they were really skeptical about this, yeah. and uh, they were kind of like, I, "I don't know." And I'm like, "I tell you what, I'm gonna put together a demo tape, and I'm gonna send it to you, and you're, you, we'll see how it goes." You know, and, <laughs> and and sure enough, they're like, "Okay, whatever." When you say demo tape, I'm I'm just thinking of <laughs> Matt like seriously. singing in a studio, singing some kind of song. Oh, and when I'm done with this demo demo tape, I've got this podcast idea that I want to run by you too. <laughs> that, that's pretty much how it went too. I'm like, oh, do you want it on tape or CD, or I could just send you like an MP3 file? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So so they were skeptical, and and go on. Yeah. So anyways, those, they were skeptical about it. And then as, as soon as they had gotten the first one, they were just like, 
when can we start? This is just fantastic. I'm like, oh, sweet. And I, and they, I they tried start to... calling you the podcasting pioneer. Which is... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that, trust me, when that came around, I asked them to put say that. So um, they were just you know following through on one of my requests. But um, <laughs> yeah, when it really really came down to I was totally shocked that anybody else was going to go for it because I figured it was just another hair, hairbrain idea. But sure. so far, the response has just been fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. We've got more people coming on board. In fact, um, a certain special guest host tonight uh, just sent me a uh, file. So we'll be hearing from Shannon coming up uh, in the near future, I'm going to say. So we're getting enough files in now that we'll be able to take it from just a couple days a week to possibly, if things go right, we'll be five days a week. So this will be a short one every single day. That is you awesome. Know? And, yeah, and it's, I, just, it's, a, it's a quick, short fix of woodworking. Yeah. I still don't know how you do it, Matt. I mean, you've got the daily mat and the spoken wood and Matt's basement workshop. Seriously, I'm having trouble getting one out a week at this point. <laughs> well, it's uh, have, nobody's ever really said the quality is up there. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pure quantity guy. I'm like, let's just knock these things out as fast as we can. We'll deal with the crappy feeds later on. <laughs> uh, no, I will say that this is awesome. I really enjoy listening to it anymore. I just don't have as much time to invest in long format shows and you know, hour long shows like we do here. Um, you know, when these people come out with, uh, very quick things that I could just listen to very quickly within, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes at the most in and out, I have no problem keeping up with that stuff. So I love it. Right. Yeah. One, one that's coming up is, um, Ron Hawk. He, I, Ooh, I got okay. him to record nice. some episodes. In fact, he has one, it's a, um, it's a three part series. And so I'm, I'm really debating. I'm like, I could put out like one a month and just drag that baby out for three months. But <laughs> I can only imagine the emails I'm going to get off if I do that. So I figured, yeah. well, no, I maybe we'll, we'll speed that one up a little bit, but that one's going to be, that, that one's going to be really interesting. Cause it's, I think it's going to be, um, it's all about, uh, sharpening media and I'm all, I'm going to leave it at there. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good one. And I, I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. So the Great. big thing is I hope that some people will discover maybe some some bloggers you didn't know about or, like I said, some, some ideas or techniques that you're just like, what? Wait a minute. I got to go visit that site and see what's going on here. So Cool. Yeah. I like it so, a lot. Hey, it's woodworking books on tape. It's awesome. Yeah, that's what that's it is. Exactly. It's exactly. Yeah, my, my other big inspiration for it was the Onion Radio News. So this is working out way better. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, well, you know, it's, we're it's actually a good outlet because the police don't like it when I watch video podcasts while driving. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, audio is a little bit more convenient in the car. Um, stay tuned to the end of the show. I'm actually going to play one of uh, Matt's Spoken Wood podcast episodes at the end. They're, they're very quick, and uh, you'll see what I mean. They're great, so you'll have to check that out. That's Are you, are you going to set up a whole separate feed, or is all this still just accessible at mattsbasementworkshop.com? Oh, no, it's totally a, a separate feed. In fact, you can subscribe to it. And if, One thing I am going to do is I think starting next week, I had planned on this week, um, cutting it off from the regular Matt's Basement Workshop feed and just having it 100% on the spoken wood. Cool. But the, the numbers are, are are just so starting to increase so much. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep it on the regular one for just one more week to get the word out there. And then, um, yeah, they just subscribe to the Spoken Wood podcast. In fact, 
I did one of those vanity searches last night. I love doing those. I just love to see how <laughs> popular I am. And uh, I went to iTunes and in the uh, the hobbies category, you know, where usually our, our uh, podcasts are, uh-huh. um, it was uh, number six, I believe, on the uh, the, the top audio podcast. So I'm nice. like, yeah. You'd imagine. I didn't even wake up my wife at midnight. I'm like, Sam, Sam, look at this. <laughs> she wasn't as thrilled. <laughs> for some reason, they're just not. But uh, we're thrilled for you, Matt. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So um, we have a couple other things here some stuff to bring your attention to a emailer Clark actually emailed and said uh, I stumbled upon the site while browsing lumberjocks and thought you might like to share it during the next wood talk episode and we are this stand said so the standard that this guy sets is well beyond human capabilities check it out I will put the link of course in the show notes there's a site called dens model ships and I'm not sure the the full this is kind of one of those older looking sites but dens model ships.zoomshare.com whatever anyway point is the guy makes these reproductions of 17th century ships and this is just amazing stuff he says uh right at the top Holy of the website cats. oh my see god that? <laughs> yes. it's pretty it's pretty sick yeah it says the model is 100 percent scratch built made out of chestnut wood custom made one of a kind the scale of the ship is 196th so it would be 168 feet long by 42 feet wide and draws 21 inches or 21 feet of water the model itself is 27 inches long by 12 inches wide and 25 inches high midship. This thing, I mean, it actually, in the pictures, looks like a painting. I, I, I looked at it a yeah. few times. I'm like, is this actually something? Like, is this made of wood? Yeah. I mean, this thing is unbelievable. Yeah. that's that's. I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, oh, this must be just like some doctored up picture of the thing. <laughs> or, oh, no, I, yeah, I was thinking it was like a, a painting of the original, and then I was going to see the model down below, but right. wow, that's insane. Yeah. Good Lord, he's got more, too. He's got Noah's Ark on here. He's got the Constellation. <laughs> um, good Lord. Wow. Yeah, this is one of, great explanation, too, from uh, uh, from Clark there. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> beyond <laughs> human capabilities, at least <laughs> most normal humans. So That's Holy insane. Cats. Now okay. he's got to stick him in a bottle. How's he going to get him in that bottle? Yeah, now that's a good question. I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Okay, so the other thing that we uh, had sent to us was from Brett Simmons, and he sent me a link to Cliff Spencer's website. This is at cliffspencer.net. And I thought this was kind of interesting. He does some really excellent work, and most of the stuff it seems that he does here are from recovered wine oak barrel staves. And not even necessarily stuff that went into a barrel itself, but I guess the modern way to do these things is in, um, you know, when they let this stuff sit, they actually put the staves into the mixture and keep it in some sort of a metal vat, uh, but still getting the effect of the wood being inside the liquid. Uh, So he recovers these things and uses them for furniture, and he's very green. It's all about natural finishes, and he says even after the the finishing process, you could still catch a little bit of the aroma of the wine uh, that was used uh, with with these staves or with these parts here. So very cool stuff, incredible furniture on there, but I just love it when the wood itself has some sort of a, you know, very cool history like that. Right. I always like it when you see like the uh, the old flooring from like the distilleries. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. I'm always worried that I'm really, like trying to suck it up, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Osmosis. <laughs> nice. Barney Gumbel Vanderlist. <laughs> Obviously, this guy's got some uh, Maloof inspirations in him, too. There's mm-hmm. a couple of Maloof-esque chairs here. It's a pretty sweet sight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're they're, they're really gorgeous. Sweet. Well, you know, I found something, um, and I talked about uh, this guy. In fact, actually, I'm hoping to get him on the Spoken Wood podcast. Sorry to plug that again. Uh, I think by now we're, we're familiar with Tom Fidgen. You know, guys know Tom Fidgen mm-hmm. and the yeah. uh, the Unplugged Wood Shop. Well, his new website is up. 
Um, it's called the Unplugged Wood Shop, <laughs> and, uh, but it's really neat because it's it, it's a it's a really nice looking website. Really easy to get around. Uh, he has new blog posts and pictures that are of course go along with his new book that he has out, Made by Hand. And one thing I think is really neat about what he's doing with this site is um, if you don't have the book or if you do have the book and you want to make some of the projects that are in there, he has uh, the plans on the website and they're either as a SketchUp, a downloadable SketchUp model, or you can get the PDF of the plan totally free, which I think is really cool because, I mean, you know, the projects are in the book, but but you can get the plans. You can make them yourself. I guess go refer to the book later on or something. Cool. But it, it's really, really cool. And on top of it, what he's also kind of doing is to get people to interact with a little bit more is he even set up a gallery. So if you do download one of these plans or if you have the book or something, you can – make the pieces and then you can share them with everybody and just, you know, show like, you know, here's, here's project number two and this is my take on it. I, I think that's pretty cool. So definitely he's got that up and running. And of course he has galleries of other, of his other builds and all sorts of stuff, you know, fun stuff. So I think it's a really neat website to check out. And again, it's one of my favorite blogs. I love reading Tom's stuff. And to be honest with you, it's another one of those. I get done reading it and I'm like, ah, damn it. Now I gotta head down to the shop. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just one of those guys you love to hate. Yeah. I mean, the stuff yeah. he makes is beautiful. And actually, I got I pre-ordered his book, and I got his um his uh, CD, his musical CD, with it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, it, hmm. it it's folky. You've got to like some folk music, but it's pretty good. I mean, the guy's just multi-talented and ridiculously nice. Which I guess you could say that about just about any woodworker. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think you guys said this in one of your previous shows. It's like all these people, these luminaries, are just unbelievably approachable. You know, I've swapped a couple emails with him. Um, in fact, I just put up a blog post about this when I was doing, um, uh, I was getting a bunch of saws restored uh, from Bad Axe Tools. And the guy over at Bad Axe Tools, Mark Harrell, is like, well, call Tom Fidgen. He'll tell you what you need in your nest of saws. And sure enough, I call Tom. And Tom's like, guy gives me like 45 minutes of his time wow. and just walked me through like tooth geometry and what works best and, and, you know, throughout the project. It was just amazing. He's just a really, really cool guy. That's awesome. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Really, really fun. Although I was really jealous when he was talking in the summer about how they were heading to their summer cabin, you know, where he's just going to go oh, work yeah. in the shop there. I'm like, damn it, <laughs> another one. Oh. Yeah, I need I, seasonal shops, man. That that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I go to my summer cabin. It's known as the shed in the back corner of my yard. <laughs> yeah. That's my yeah, mine, yeah. mine is climate controlled. It's always, you know, warm in the summer. I mean, cold in the summer. <laughs> the basement. <laughs> nice. There you go. All right. Which, okay. I was gonna uh, say. Uh, oh, yeah. What? No, I was oh, gonna. No. I was gonna prod you for the next one, but you were you were already ready to go. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah so actually, take the next one, Matt. Okay. okay. I was putting down my tea, and I was thinking, <laughs> so I thought I missed something. But uh, what we have going on is, I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I didn't have a lot of details. Not like I have a lot now, but I have a few more, and that's <laughs> the folks over at Highland Woodworking. And then they got together with the folks over at Fine Woodworking Magazine, and they have their New Year's sweepstake going on. And um, this is really neat because, like, first prize is just a ton of tools. It's, like, over $600 worth of tools. I think it includes, like, one of the Tormax systems and just a whole bunch of stuff. Even, like, the second and third prize are pretty darn good. I mean, I, I don't have them right in front of me what the, what the list is. It's a Festool like, Drill, and a Lee Super FMT is the third prize. Uh, fourth prize is the... Uh, Fine, is it Fane? Fine, Multimaster. And uh, the fifth prize is, uh, looks like a JDS Airtech Air Cleaner. So Right, so no matter what place you come in, I mean, if you place, you're getting something really decent out of this. Substantial, yeah. 
Yep. And now the, the contest ends January 31st. That was my big question was, well, when does it end? It's it's January 31st. If you haven't entered, it's totally free. Stop on over and we've, we've got the link. We'll have the link, I should say, in the mm-hmm. show notes. So make sure you do it. So hopefully you're listening to this like, you know, January 30th and you're like, oh my God, I got to get over there. We'll get yourself all entered for that. Yep. And uh, it's definitely, it, it looks worthwhile. I mean, what the heck? You got a chance to win something cool. <laughs> well, yeah, good stuff too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, this last one, uh, hey, Shannon, you want to do this one? Sure. Lumberjocks, their uh, winter awards is coming to a close also January 31st. And uh, if you guys haven't checked this out, it's pretty cool. I mean, all the the contests on Lumberjocks are cool. They come up with such uh, great categories. This one's uh, yin and yang, and it's uh, combining dark and light wood somehow. And mm-hmm. if you go over, as usual, when you go to Lumberjocks, it's an incredibly humbling experience. Some of the projects that have already been submitted, it's – the problem I have with the Lumberjocks is you're almost afraid to submit stuff because the stuff <laughs> over there that these guys put out is just ridiculous. <laughs> no, you just throw it out there. Who cares? <laughs> I guess. Here's, here's light and dark wood all in a pile on my bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was my submission. You saw that one? <laughs> it's, a, it's, like, yeah. it's like found art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> This, exactly. is, this is my oak splinter and my maple splinter. It's Homer Simpson's barbecue pit. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. There's a hundred and 119 entries, and you're right. There, there's some significant work. There, what is this? This is called a twisted donut, and it looks like a segmented turning that has uh, almost like um, what do they call those? The shells, like the never-ending spiral type looking thing. Of those conks or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something looks yeah. like a conch shell almost, but oh, what the heck? That's awesome. That's just beautiful. I mean, there's crazy oh stuff God. in there. Yeah, I see it. That's Wow, you yeah, guys got to gotta check it out. At least go to the awards page, and you'll see at the top left there's a link that says view entries uh, for the yin-yang theme, and just you got to go through there. There's some incredible stuff there. A twisted donut is how is the reason why my pants don't fit like they used to anymore. I had one too many of those. <laughs> twisted and sugar coated. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And and dipped in uh glaze. <laughs> oh Matt. It's one of the one of the comments. Chocolate swirl donut. <laughs> Yum. Mm. All right. Well, enough sweet. of that deliciousness. Uh so speaking of sweet, we do have some sweet deals to mention. And uh, first and foremost, we've got one here from our good friends at Eagle America. Free Super Saver shipping on any size web order. And you have to use the promo code WOODTALK66 at checkout. And that's going to be valid up till, looks like, February 14th. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So you got a couple weeks, but uh, don't wait because you know how that goes. You wait till the last minute and then you forget. Uh, so Wood Talk 66, Eagle America, free super shaver shipping. Buy something for your Valentine. Hey, there you go. Oh, Nicole would love something from Eagle America. (laughs) Get her that crown molding router bit. Oh, she would love it. All right. So, what else we have here? Nice. Well, we just mentioned the folks over at Highland Woodworking that you could win a whole bunch of stuff for them. And just like I think we mentioned last time, they're still continuing this. It's their free shipping on all Festool machine purchases. Of course, that's only in the lower 48. So sorry, Alaska and Hawaii and any of the U.S. territories. You snooze, you lose because you're so far away. <laughs> Loser. No, just kidding. So, but I don't, I don't think there's any coupon code for it. So basically, though, you go to Highland Woodworking, you purchase one of the Festool machines, and um, they're, yeah, you're going to get free shipping on that. So pretty good deal. Cool. Uh, um, next, we have uh, Woodcraft, and it uh, looks like we have, they've, they've always got a little something going on. They've got a couple of different things. Um, one of them is uh, free shipping on orders of $75 or more. Use coupon code 12010. And again, I don't know if they're discriminating or what, but again, it's still the lower 48 states only. And that one expires January 31st. Man, everybody likes everything expiring on January 31st. That's a big day this year, apparently. <laughs> wow, that's... I, I missed that one on the calendar, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of things to get done before the 31st. <laughs> and did, while we're mentioning Woodcraft, of course, one of the neat things, you head on over to their website and they've got some other stuff going on. Looks like one is like 15% off uh, one regular priced item. Um, I'm sure they have uh, some exclusions, which are usually power tools, saw stop, festival products, you know, things that you would really like to have 15% off. Anything you really want. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, but that one again ends January 31st, and they have a coupon code for that, which is uh, 10-110, and uh, they have a a buy a select Porter cable router and get a $30 Woodcraft gift card. Hmm. Um, But, you know what, just head on over to woodcraft.com if you want to find out more information about these. Uh, but it might be something worthwhile. I don't mm. know. So just do it. Yeah, whatever. If you want yeah, to. Whatever. If you don't, do you if you don't want to, here? forget about it. Just go to Amazon. Yeah, just, whatever. If you want to throw that money away, just throw <laughs> it at me. There you go. All right. Uh, let's talk about things that come from forums. And specifically, this one came from the forum. We have a post in the community titled, what the heck is the title? What to buy as a starting woodworker? And this is always a good question, uh, and and it's always something that I'm I'm amazed at the you know the varied answers that we get because the truth is no woodworker is the same as another. You know, so when you're just starting out, it's it's tough, and everybody has their opinions. So um, if you get a chance, go there. We'll put the link in the show notes and uh, throw in your two and a half cents or uh, five cents or however much you want to offer. And, your half penny. Yeah, half penny. Yeah, and if you want to be you know one of these hand tool crazy wacko guys. You know, your your list is a little bit uh, cheaper and, and um, you know, more attainable. But, uh, you know, if you want to be a normal woodworker, it's going to be very expensive. Just just a warning. I, I, I don't know about the cheaper thing, but sure. Well, no, see, we don't all have to buy, <laughs> you know, there's a certain level of, of hand tools. Yeah, I mean, it gets crazy. I was looking uh, recently at some just other things that I want to get on my long list of things at Lee Nielsen. And sometimes I look at those numbers and just go, 
what am I thinking? And then I use it and then I remind myself why, you know, why it's worth that much. But anyway. Yeah. Those two shows are so much fun to go to because I love watching the guys walk away that spent way more than they should have. And that nervous twitch that they have, that is the funniest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> I just like egging them on. Yeah, you know you need that smoothing plane. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I went there, I actually was like, all right, you know, I'm here, whatever. I'm just going to I'm gonna buy a few things. I don't care. And uh, picked the few things that I wanted ordered three things and they only had one of them and it was just the little little fishtail chisel daily whacker oh, yeah. for like half mm-hmm. lines and uh the two planes the expensive things that i that i asked for they didn't have so i had to order them so i was like so i could have just like pulled out my iphone and placed an order right <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think it was because at because i was at the show it was free shipping or something like that so there actually was a, a decent reason to just go through with the, the manual order process but um, of yeah. course, and they also throw in the free calendar too, so you you know Ooh. you have to get it done. Yeah. So well, that impulse yeah. buy at those shows. I mean, how do you control yourself? But then you find out, oh, it's it's just going to be ordered. And I actually did have that second thought moment where I was like, wait a minute, do I really need this? Because they like they gave me that time to think. <laughs> you know, so you, <laughs> you got to get that sort of impulse buy point of sale type thing, and and just you know, otherwise you're going to lose them. Right, they need to run the credit card through before they mention the fact that, oh, and uh, we have your address, yeah. but we're going to send it. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Shannon, you're absolutely right. Egg, like, you know, just kind of like egging them on a little bit. That is a lot of fun. We did that at the first one I went to. This poor guy, it was his anniversary, and he was really eyeing up, like, the medium shoulder plane. And, no, oh, we're going to go out to dinner tonight. We're going to have a nice dinner, <laughs> I promise my wife. And, like, within 45 minutes, it was three of us that were like, dude, your wife would want you to have that. I mean, she's going to you know, buy something else. You know this? And we, by that point, he got his ego so built. He's yeah, I'm going to get that. And this is going to be – and he ended up buying it. We walked away. We're like, oh, he is so dead. <laughs> <laughs> that boy's in trouble. Now, Shannon, you had mentioned before, and I, I forgot to put it into the notes here, but this might be a good time to talk about it. You said that you had some dealings with bad axe tools. You just brought them up earlier. So what is it? What's the story with that? Um, well, actually, Woodworking in America, the design conference last August, was my first exposure to Mark's tenon saws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was competing in the Olympics, and I got to play with that tenon saw, and it was like, it was amazing. It was it was a divine moment for me. <laughs> um, fortunately, the Transportation Security Administration wouldn't look kindly on me carrying on saws, <laughs> so that's what kept me from buying them that day. And they didn't; those saws are brand new at the time. So since then, I have actually gotten one of his rip cut tenon saws and a cross cut saw. And then um, I think when Mark Harrell first came on the scene, it was after Chris Schwartz blogged about the restoration of that. Um, vintage dovetail saw his oh, other yeah. company techno primitives which i don't know if techno primitives technically still exists i think it's all just bad axe tool works at this point but mark will restore saws and i sent him uh three saws and basically worked with him on what i was looking for and i mean the guy will go in and completely retooth the saw for you he'll get rid of the teeth and put up brand new pitch brand new um whatever geometry you want. And and what was crazy is, I mean, Mark is kind of like Mike Winsloff. He, he innately understands tooth geometry and what it means to the type of wood you're cutting, the thickness of the wood you're cutting. I mean, it's, you could probably get sucked down that rabbit hole and never come back out if you really want to go that deep. But mm-hmm. Mark worked with me to basically set up three saws that would allow for just about any work I'm going to run into. And I mean, he did things like refiling them from crosscut to a rip. He put in crazy progressive rake angles and all that stuff. And 
I mean, these saws are ridiculous. It's wow. probably the, the most amazing saw I've ever worked with. And it's like an 1870 something distant or, you know, an even earlier Simmons saw. It's just amazing what he did. You'd think that I would have just bought these off a shelf from Lee Nielsen or something, the way they came back to me. Sure. So his, well, his stuff is just amazing. Um, so if, and truthfully, it was a heck of a lot cheaper than going out and buying, you know, a saw from Lee Nielsen or a Winslow yeah. for, whatever i mean it's it's not like you're getting them for 30 bucks but i got them for like five bucks on ebay and probably spent about anywhere between 40 and 50 per saw to have them redone not bad though i mean when you think about what you're getting for it i mean he does a lot more i didn't have him do any work with the handles and um you know i removed the rust and all that stuff he's kind of got this a la carte pricing thing where if you want them retoothed you just want them sharpened um all, he'll, he'll do the whole thing for you. So certainly you could spend more, but you know, it really wasn't necessary. And he took crosscut saws, completely retoothed, changed the pitch and everything. And I think at most I spent on one saw was 50 bucks. And that's because it was this big 28 inch distant D8. So wow. killer, killer service. And uh, he's pretty quick at it too. Wow. Yeah, that was my next question was if you did anything else like with the handles and stuff, because that'd, that'd be one of my things is like if I found something that I'm like, oh, this is one of those, maybe I can salvage this because I bought it for two bucks at a garage sale. I'm not sure what it is. It's all bent. Let's just roll with it. You know, <laughs> if if you could do more than just sharpen it, that's that's pretty sweet. Just like a full service. So, yeah, wow, he's well, he just well, no, started up um, his Facebook page and he's got a whole um, forum over there for saw sharpening and questions about saws and all that. It's just kind of a nice resource. If you're looking for, um, you know, what does all this mean? What does fleam mean? And why do I care about progressive rake and <laughs> right. all that fun, archaic terminology? He's, he's your man. So sweet. Cool. Nice. Sounds nice. good. That's well, good to know. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The three, three people is definitely a little bit of a different dynamic for us, but, uh, we'll, we'll get better at it. Okay. Well, jumping into uh, the email, I did receive an email from someone recently. Um, Shannon, if you want to go ahead and read that, I've got you slated for that. Sure. Let's see. Have been listening to your podcast for several months now. Well, it's not my podcast. It's your podcast. I've been <laughs> listening to Mark and Matt's podcast for over uh, several Sukasa, months now. Mikasa, Sukasa, you know, our uh, podcast. <laughs> <All right>. So <laughs> anyway, this guy loves the show. Uh, keep up the wonderful information and enjoyable talk. I love it. Anyway, wanted to ask you if you could give an average woodworker some good information on setting up dust collection for the basement woodworker. I have two dust collectors, geez, and I'm interested in setting up the collectors through some type of conduit system to enable me to hook up all my tools so I can keep my sawdust to a minimum. That's a run-on sentence, by the way. Yes. I seem to spend more time cleaning than woodworking. Thanks. Carla Dash, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona, I've been there. Mm, tuna. That sounds good. good. Tuna. So, all right. So, Mark, who, who you just did something like this, didn't you? I did, yeah. And it's for my garage. And I'm thinking, really, practicality, you know, uh, considerations. There's really no difference that between the basement and a garage, right? I mean, there's nothing else to really concern yourself with. I don't, I don't work in a basement, so I couldn't say. But dust collection yeah, wise, it seems the same. Right. I was just going to say, I'm like, it's, it's identical. Really. The only difference is uh, you got a bigger door. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I can open the door and just get all the crap out in one shot if I want to. That's right. Just fire up the weed. Uh. It depends on your ducting though, doesn't it? I mean, if you've got any kind of intake in the basement, like say part of the basement is finished mm-hmm. I mean, you could be pulling dust through the intakes and spreading it to the rest of the house. I think that maybe 
where we're yeah uh, yeah you create sort of a, a pressure yeah. a pressure situation where you're pulling things in or pushing things out but uh, aside from from that i mean obviously decent ventilation if you're in a basement is always a critical thing uh, but if he's um well, if he's collecting, I just can't see anything that's all that different. But, you know, I, I did just do this, and of course I have a cyclone. What we don't know, and I think the critical piece of information that would help us help uh, him or her, Carla, that's got to be a chick, right? Okay. Yep. Um, you know, Nice, guys. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost all the ladies in the world. That's got to be a chick, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. I would like to apologize uh, on behalf of all these guys. We just want to apologize to all the biatches out there. Uh, hey, that was even worse than what I said. Yeah. All right. So we don't know what the dust collectors are. Uh, two dust collectors sounds like a lot until you find out it's two little, you know, rinky-dink roll-around units and they're just not that powerful um, it's kind of hard to figure out. So if, if there are uh, decent systems and you can sort of connect one to one half of the shop and one to the other half of the shop, um, sounds like, you know, a reasonable way to go. Maybe one is powerful enough to, to run one simple straight line through the shop and connect it to each tool. Um, but I think that's really the critical component because we don't know what the inlet size is on the dust collector. If we did, we could then say, well, just make sure you maintain that inlet size and go as big as you can across the main, you know, the main line. Um, but other than just general generic dust collection advice, as far as, you know, piping and things like that goes, I don't really know what else <laughs> we can do with that one. Um, I think right. it'd be cool to set up each one on either end of a conduit and turn them both on at the same time and see if you can create a vacuum in the center. There you go. Um, <laughs> that sounds like, or something. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, you know what I, I have to my shop? It just disappeared like into this little just went into a black hole. Um, what I'm going to recommend is that uh, Carla goes to what is his name? I have his website on 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 my links page. Um, well, no, not that dude, but that probably isn't a bad idea. I mean, reading up on any of this stuff is a good idea. Let me see. Uh, uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, I, I think I know exactly which guy you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Bill um, Pence. That's it. Bill that's Pence. That's the one. Yes. Uh, I could put the link in the show notes for this, but Bill has done a significant amount of research. But the most important thing for, for Carla, I think, is to look at the ducting section. And it will explain, you know, what type of power you need to connect to the ducting, what size ducting works out the best, and we'll give you just a much better understanding of what you're doing. Because a lot of times you just throw some four inch PVC in there and connect it to a, you know, relatively mid to low level dust collector. It's not going to work like you thought it was going to work. And you're going to wind up really, really, you know, unhappy with the results. Right. You know, one thing I might recommend since she has two dust collectors going on here, um, if if I, if I had two of them, what I would probably end up doing is hooking up one to probably the machine that creates the most um, the most problem yeah. for me, the most sawdust and everything, and then leave the other one potentially as either a roll around or just kind of maybe on a system itself. So I would have just that one of those just completely dedicated to like either yeah. my table saw or like my, my jointer thickness plane or something like that, where I could go, you know, interchangeably. And then the other one is the one that, you know, it's nice to have the draw on it, but it's not as crucial because maybe those items aren't creating the massive amount of sawdust that say like, like I said, like the, the jointer or like the planer or the, or the table saw could do. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be one thing I, I would definitely recommend, but I agree. Yeah. Check out that website. Um, when it comes to setting up things, you know, we can get into a ton of 
basic stuff about make sure the hose isn't so long and make sure that you're using wires <laughs> rather than T's and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of fundamental things that have to be in place before you worry about those little details. So, again, uh, you know, hopefully these are powerful enough systems. And I, I like that idea, too, um, separating them and using one for the, the more powerful stuff. All right. Well, we sufficiently uh, did not answer that question and are moving <laughs> on to uh, Lee's voicemail here. He's got a question about jigsaw issues that he's having. I'll go ahead and play that now. Hi, Mark and Matt. My name is Lee, and I'm a clueless noob woodworker in Everett, Washington. I was working on what I thought was going to be a simple project the other day. I was modifying a particle board cabinet to become a cat litter box, and I was having trouble with my jigsaw. Had I been thinking clearly, I should have used a drill to put a hole in the corner and cut straight. That would have probably made my life easier. However, I figure the purpose of a jigsaw is to cut curves. So how do you keep the blade perpendicular to the shoe of the saw as you're making curved cuts? My jigsaw is nothing fancy, but I had a Bosch laminate cutting blade in there, and they generally know what they're doing. I, on the other hand, do not. The project came out fine. Uh, my ugly cut was covered up by the bezel of the cat door I was installing, but I figure I'm going to run into this problem again. What do you suggest? Thanks. Okay, well, Tom uh, in the chat room has suggested that he stop being such a wuss. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's going to work out for him, but uh, <laughs> do you I guys agree. have any suggestions? I'd, I'd, say, I'd say get a dog. <laughs> get rid of the cat and get a dog. <laughs> Yeah, that's I've true. I've already offended the women in the audience. So I'm going to get rid of the cat owners. Right yeah, now. if you don't, uh, if you don't have a cat, you don't have a cat box, so um, no problem. Um, Finally, I'm not the controversial one on the show. Sweet. <laughs> All right. So, so being serious, what do you guys, what do you guys think? I mean, does he just need a new saw? I mean, realistically, if he's got well, a decent blade, is there anything you can do to a you know somewhat crappy saw to make it cut straighter? zero clearance plate on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I, I take a piece of uh, whatever, half inch MDF or whatever, and you could even double stick it to the bottom of the, the shoe. I think that's what they call that thing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you well, you have to cut the slit in there somehow. Um, but I've seen it done several, I think it's Bosch that actually sells one of their nicer jigsaws that actually comes with this clear plastic zero clearance plate that snaps over the bottom of the shoe. Yeah. I would make something like that just out of MDF and it's going to stabilize that blade and keep it from bending out of line as you make those curves. But I mean, the easiest thing would be like he just said, use a drill to cut those corners for anything, you know, a 90 degree corner, it's going to be hard to prevent blade deflection no matter what you do. Yeah. So use a drill uh, the rest of the time, use a zero clearance plate. Yeah, well, you know that I I like the idea of a zero clearance plate. I've never really tried that on a on a inexpensive saw, but I know my old craftsman that was a handy uh, hand me down from my stepdad. Oh man, no matter what I would do, I mean, I could try all day long to cut a straight line, but that thing just wanted to drift and go on this like just terrible angle all the time, no matter what I did. So I could definitely sympathize with uh, <laughs> yeah. with Lee's problem there. But um, one thing I did realize is there, you know, is a significant difference between, you know, different saws and how well, just if you think about a bandsaw, a bandsaw needs that extra support. So they have the bearings that are, you know, right near your area of cut. And certain companies, Bosch has, you know, a great reputation with, um, you know, with those types of saws. Uh, Festool saw is the one I'm most familiar with, but they do that. They support the blade further down. 
whereas some of the cheaper saws may only support it, you know, where it's gripping the blade up at the the the, uh, the end. And that's not just, it's just not enough support. So the zero clearance idea is kind of cool because that seems like it would offer not just a cleaner cut, but will give you a little bit of stabilization for the blade too. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the, my first thought was, I wonder if maybe he was starting to like really speed through it. Cause you ever do that? Like when you're starting mm-hmm. to cut something and you just start like, it's gotta go faster. I gotta get done with this. And yeah. you just, you're not even, you're subconsciously shoving that baby through, but I have to agree there, there's, there's only so much that, you know, um, uh, a, a certain type of saw can do depending on what the uh, the accessories are on it, what the uh, the actual setup is. Because, I mean, if it's holding on with just pinching it in place, eh, you, you better expect something not yeah. to go right. So, yeah. Okay, there you go. All right, we have another voicemail here. This one is from Bedrock Bob, our good buddy. And he is looking for some recommendations. And since we have two hand tool guys here, I thought that'd be cool. He's looking for recommendations on wide bench chisels. Oh. Hey, Mark and Matt. This is Bedrock Bob. My question concerns chisels, specifically wide bench chisels. The widest chisel I currently have is a one inch, and I want a two inch chisel for working large mortise and tenons. My question is, do you use a wide chisel in your work? If so, how wide? And can you recommend a good wide chisel? Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hmm. What say you, Neanderthals? Well, the widest that I use is I'm going to say it's about um, a one inch. That's as, as wide as I go. I've looked at the the, the much wider ones, mm-hmm. but I've never really had a need for it. And I I think they're kind of neat looking. I'm like, who doesn't want to wheel around what looks like a sword? But <laughs> a giant machete <laughs> same, in your shop. <laughs> it it does exactly. I'm like, yo, I'm going to take out that maple in one swoop. But um, really, that's 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 the biggest I've gone. And I, with a lot of the stuff I've done with some really really wide mortises. Um, you know, along the length of it, um, I never really needed anything more than that. In fact, there's actually times that uh, I almost feel like it's too much. Yeah. But if you really want to get into the big ones, I don't know if you guys have checked out Lee Valley lately, but they got this brand new. Um, uh, the uh, they have a, a new slick out there, which is like three and a half inches wide by like twenty two inches long. I mean, you could really knock out some stuff with that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a timber framing slick, but hey, if you want to get big and wide, that's the one to go. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I don't think I have anything quite at the point of two inches, but I do have um, the higher range of uh, the Japanese chisel set that I have. And uh, it's got like the three little things in the back, and it's whoop, whoop, really awesome. All right, who's next? Well, I am um... <laughs> completely useless tonight. I'm sorry. I just want to chisel with a what what on the back. Of I don't have one of those. All right. Um, I can I can speak to this a little bit because I actually do have some wider chisels, and I use them quite a bit. Um, I've got uh, up to a two and a half inch wide chisel. Mm. I've got a one and a half, a two, and a two and a half inch. Um, I use them a lot for tenons. In fact, anybody that saw the most recent episode of the Renaissance Woodworker saw me actually trim a tenon cheek entirely with a chisel using a two-inch wide chisel. Nice. Uh, no, it was a two-and-a-half-inch wide chisel. Um, and in that instance, it was a, you know, a, the cheek itself or the, actually the waist part of the cheek was less than a sixteenth of an inch thick. And it just didn't make sense to try to do that with anything else. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I use them really just for pairing. Um, it's really good if you've got a really wide chisel and say you've got a, a two inch long mortise and you want to go in and trim the mortise wall. If you can do it in one pass, you guarantee that it's flat. Definitely. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing going above two to two and a half inches. 
you know, like Matt said, you're getting into these timber framing slicks, which they may be wide, but they're so blooming long and so heavy. That's just not bench work. Yeah. You know, that's not something you're going to be, you're going to be making dovetails for a log cabin with that. So, yeah. I, you know, as far as good chisels for that, I mean, there's, there's not that many people out there that make them, um, you know, one and a half inches, I think as much as I've seen in the, um, more of the, I guess we call them the premium brands. A traditional woodworker does sell some two-inch wide chisels and two cherries, which are pretty good. But frankly, eBay is your best bet mm. because, well, first of all, these these wider chisels, a heck of a lot of steel. So you're looking at spending 100 bucks probably to buy a new one. But um, all the ones that I have, I got on eBay, firmer chisels. Um, you can you can type in timber frame or, or firmer chisel in eBay, and you can get two, two-and-a-half-inch wide chisels. And because all you're doing is really pairing, it's not like the steel has to be great. You know, you're not pounding on it, so you're not going to fold the edge over. Just sharpen it up, you know, flatten the back, and, and you're good to go. So oh, cool. I'm looking right now at the uh, Hida tool or Hida tool where I get the, the Japanese chisels from. The biggest one they have is, looks like it's just under two. It's 48 millimeters, and that sucker is 132 beans. Yeah. Ooh. If, if you haven't checked out that new one, that slick from uh, um, um, Lee Valley, definitely do it. When I saw that up there, I seriously thought that I had just slept right through spring and it was April 1st because <laughs> it's so huge. I'm like, I can't believe they came out with that. I'm like, I'm like, well, on top of it, that'd be that'd be our anniversary mark for uh, Wood Talk Online was April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. There but, you go. <laughs> nice. Well, there you but, go. Yeah, it's 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 huge. Huge. Yep. It's Blue huge. Spruce Toolworks. Here we go. One and a half inch chisel, Blue Spruce for $115. Okay. I guarantee you it's probably worth every dollar of that because Dave makes incredible tools, but damn. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a lot for a chisel. But you know what? If he's going to use it a lot and that's what he wants, that, that's the way to go. Absolutely. Okay. Another voicemail. Our last one here. This is from our buddy Shopmonger. He's been giving us some uh, helpful tips that we play at the end of the show. And this is actually a question. Hey, Matt, Mark, it's a shopmonger coming to you. I got a question for you. I have about a 40 to 50-year-old chess set, and I'm going to refinish it. But I'm not sure if the individual squares are veneers or inserts. How do I go about finding out if it's really just a piece of veneered wood on top or if it's actually an inlay for each individual square? Thanks for answering the question. You guys are great. And I'll see you on Wood Talk Online live. Sounds like he's doing a promo for us. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we should uh, repeat that one at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he wants to know. He's got this uh, chessboard. He's not sure if it's just a thin veneer or if he's got a substantial wood layer there that he can work with. And, um, well, you know, sometimes that's that's a tough call. Sometimes you can't tell uh, by looking at it uh, immediately what it is. Uh, before I go into anything, do you guys have any suggestions just off the top of your head? Yeah, take a belt sander to it. If it's substrate <laughs> shows, it's veneer. That's one uh, option is just to drill right through it, you know, and look, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, that'll yeah, answer. Right, there's a underneath. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it with, with the chisel itself, just kind of pop that up a little bit. Oh, no, look, I splintered right through it. I, I, you know, I was looking for some stuff on this, and I, I was really having a hard time finding anything other than people telling me what plywood looks like. Um, <laughs> so. You know, the, the only thing I could think of is if you look at the, uh, if you could somehow look at the bottom side of the board, I mean, if it's all laminated together, that might be one possibility, but I don't know what the actual project looks like. So, yeah. you know, it's not like you can really flip it over maybe necessarily and necessarily and look at the backside, but 
Um, I don't know. What, what, what's well, your opinion? Well, I, I think, um, you know, depending on how old it is, he says it was kind of old, but, you know, veneer chips, it cracks, it bubbles sometimes. So yeah. look for some of those kind of um, ripples or bubbles in it. They could be the, the veneer pulling peeling away. If it's got a frame around it and you can take that off, you know, somehow without damaging, you can certainly look on the edge of the board and see that way. Um, you know, the other thing I'd wonder is, a lot of times when you see these veneered, especially chess boards, they have that kind of parquetry look on them. So mm -hmm. it's all the varying grains and things like that. That's probably a sign that it's veneer. Um, you know, that, that's not 100%. You know, it could yeah, still be yeah. solid wood, but more than likely, um, especially if it's like really crazy exotic, it's probably yeah. veneer. But yeah. again, you're guessing at that point. And I would guess just, you know, most chess boards that you're going to find are probably going to be veneer, you know, just because it's more practical in terms of production purposes. But um, really, like like Shannon said, you just got to look for clues, whether it's the, the bubbles or if you can see the edge of the wood, that would be nice. And how about the fact that if it is in a frame, chances are it's not solid wood. Right. You know, yeah. if it's framed to begin with. So, um, you know, that it's, it's, you have some serious wood movement issues there, as I found out the hard way with my first chessboard. So, um, yeah. So yep. I think, I think that might be the clue. I think he's, I would just say there's a real good chance it's, it's veneer, you know. So if you're going to refinish it, yeah, you know, it's veneer. You got to be gentle with it and be careful. I would still hit it with, uh, you know, some stripper. But when I, when I used to work in a refinishing shop, there was a sign on the wall that specifically said that we are not responsible for any damage that takes place after the stripping and sanding process uh, because we just can't control what the veneer and the adhesive is going to do after it's had a, you know, exposure to the dip tank. Um, so I'm not suggesting you dip the chessboard into a tank of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nasty chemicals, but uh, you could still you could still hit it with a little bit of stripper and then... Uh, I was there was a really good joke there, but I'm not gonna say I know, it. I've been I've been biting my tongue horribly. <laughs> I mean I'm almost on the verge of bleeding right now, but I I'm gonna let you guys be the bad guys. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, that's the point. So I would guess I'm just gonna say it's probably gonna be veneer, but send us some pictures and we'll we'll take a look at it and give you an opinion from from what we see. But again, if it's in a frame, I'm guessing you got a real good chance that that's veneered. Definitely. Maybe if you just cut it right down the center and then you could look at it that way if you don't want to look at the edges because then you'd create a new edge and then you just take some hinges and put it together and now it's a folding chessboard. Oh, nice. nice. Dual function. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, well, we do have a helpful tip from our good buddy Tom who's causing trouble in a chat room as always. So let's, uh, let's have a listen to Tom's tip. Tom's tips. That's right. I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's Tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iovino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's Tips. I love to cruise eBay and flea markets looking for deals on old planes and chisels. And when I get them, boy, are they in bad shape. The first thing I do when I get ready to sharpen the chisel or plane iron is flatten the back. How am I sure I got it flat all the way across? Easy. I draw parallel lines with a permanent marker from edge of the tool toward the handle or the non-cutting end. This way, I can flatten the back and know where the low spots are. This method works for many sharpening media. Oil stones, water stones, diamond stones, rolling stones, whatever you prefer. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit the Wood Whisperer community at community.thewoodwhisperer.com. You know, I really need to go to Tom's website and look for those uh, somewhat coherent tips. 
you know, I've, I've been there a few times and I've been somewhat coherent when I visited. So I think it's just any tip there will make you semi-coherent. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks for hey, that I'm tip. I'm really interested awesome. in those Rolling Stone ones that he's talking about. I've used the Water Stones. I've looked at the Oil Stones. But I've never used the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Up. Yeah, those Sounds are in like the... a good uh, way to burn calories and sharpen at the same time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or it's just the, uh, you know, the April 1st Lee Valley catalog again. Ooh, an insight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a little preview. Okay, thanks for that tip, Tom. As always, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, tomsworkbench.com. And we have another tip from our good buddy, Carrie. And I think she's in the chat room as well, also causing trouble. And guess what? She's a girl. Here's her tip. Today's tip is, take time to befuddle future generations. I hand-carved a Latin phrase into the front edge of the shelf in my tool cabinet in the hopes that one day, some 22nd century woodworker will find my cabinet at a dusty flea market, and thinking that there is some meaningful phrase chiseled into it, will take his newfound treasure home with him to find out what the puzzling yet undoubtedly profound message says. After careful research, he will discover that the carved phrase is Latin for, how'd you get your hair to do that? Friends, it's important to leave your mark in life, and I say, if you're going to leave a mark, make it a perplexing one. That is just awesome. What a, I mean, that is funny. I have to do that sometime. Yeah, I was thinking like, if I ever get around to making a chair, I'm gonna have it say, "Don't sit here." Yeah, and that's what my my phrase will be. <laughs> Don't sit here. It's gonna be like in hieroglyphics or something. It'll be like a guy dropping down on a nail. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really funny. That is hilarious. Um, you know, does does the fact that we have a, a woman producing a clip for the show give us permission to make jokes or be a little bit more, you know, risque in how we, you know, talk about women? Or is, am I the only one in that belief, or what? Are those crickets I hear? <laughs> no, no one wants to. No one's taking my bait. I'm just not going to touch that one. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, I, I was throwing it out there for you guys. Jeez. Okay. Anyway, well, no. <clears throat> Carrie does, says it doesn't bother her any, but she's the one that <laughs> did spoke about hand planes the other night and had guys leaving the shop with twinkles in their eyes. So, oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take Carrie's lead then. If it's okay, we can do it. Let's start trash talking the babes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good stuff. Good you know, stuff. It's funny though because this this was a, a great timing. Just this weekend, I, I was in between uh, taking a little break from uh, working on a project. Uh, getting more pizza and then getting ready to head back down to the shop and the American wood shop with uh, Scott Phillips was on. And right at the end of the uh, the episode, he's like, make sure you mark your wood, your uh, project, make sure so that years down the road, the difference between somebody buying it and having no idea who it is and buying it and know who it is. And this rich history, you know, you need to sign the back of it. I'm thinking if somebody saw mine signed, that guarantees it drops value into negative numbers. So <laughs> probably not always the best thing to do. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Shannon, do you uh, have a, a ritual for signing your work? Yeah, I've got one of those uh, little wood burning brands that I got from Rockler. Actually, mm -hmm. my wife got it for me like the first year I started woodworking. It's handcrafted by. It's very cool. Cool. It's hard to do on turned objects, though. I have a yeah. Time <laughs> you got to roll it over the edge. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have one of those, too. And I started, I, I used that for a while. And I was like, you know, I just, I want to put something a little bit more personal on it. So I have yeah. one of those wood burning pens. The problem is they're incredibly difficult to write with. So it looks like chicken scratch, but it's very personal. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, I used to have one of those. That's what I would do too. Now I just use the black mark marker and if it's gone, it's gone. But um, 
Yeah. There you go. I always put it someplace really, really – people say to put it someplace where nobody's going to see it. I put it – I'm trying to put it like up on top, right on the surface there. But the clients don't like it, so I put it right in the back. But I always send it really huge. <laughs> we call that Matt's Matt's version of marketry. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do like a marketry of that picture up on the chat screen right in the center of the page. There. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Jesus, I'm Matt picture. Just have that in like right in the tabletop. That, right. That's going to be the next top-selling T-shirt in the Wood Whisperer uh, right next to the uh, Schwartz's with you. Yeah, which by the way doesn't sell at all, but uh, what's up with that? All right, well, we're going to close out the show here with a a quick listen to uh, Matt's Spoken Wood podcast. And this is episode number one, so I figured that'd be appropriate to play here. It's uh, just a couple minutes, and we'll uh, say our goodbyes at the other end. Welcome back to another episode of the Spoken Wood Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Vanderlist, and for today's episode, we have Carrie Holtman reading a post that appeared on her blog back on April 2nd, 2009, and it's titled Making Martha Proud. Now, to read this article or any of the other great posts that she has, visit Carrie at her website, villagecarpenter.blogspot.com. And, of course, as we'll do with all the Spoken Wood podcast episodes, we'll have links to this post in the show notes at our very own website, spokenwoodpodcast.com. Let's face it. The more storage units you build, the more surface areas you have on which to work. At least that's the way it is in my shop, where any flat surface becomes cluttered with tools and other items which have no designated cubby or drawer to call home. This can make woodworking frustrating when you're constantly shifting piles from one surface to another. Not only that, but if you're wasting time searching for a tool because it's buried under a stack of sandpaper, you're not doing what you want to be doing, building stuff. This spring marked the fifth anniversary of having my shop built, and I decided to release my inner Martha Stewart and get more organized. So I opened a can of Martha on an eyesore masquerading as a light-duty sharpening bench. Without shelves, the area was cluttered, inefficient, potentially hazardous, and downright unsightly. I used some of a pile of pine to create a small cabinet with one shelf and four bins that effectively hold everything from the jumbled mess that had previously inhabited the space. Storage units don't have to be award-winning, and can be made relatively quickly using simple joinery. But the time you invest in constructing them will make building your show-and-tell projects more enjoyable. Now, if only I could develop the same desire to tidy up my house. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode (laughs) of the Spoken Wood Podcast. If you'd like to find out more information... Okay, we don't need to hear the trailing end of that, but that is pretty much what you can expect from uh, Matt's new Spoken Wood Podcast. So I, I highly recommend checking it out, and you'll probably find some people that you just didn't know were out there making great content. Right. Or the ones that you do know, just reading something that you really want to hear. And like I said, it's it's something simple and easy and inspiring. So thanks to everybody that's been contributing. Uh, this was so far. We've had Carrie and Tom. I think everybody knows them. They're in the chat room or something. I, I know think. those two. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, and like, so we've got so many more, including, like I said, just Shannon sent me one tonight. So we'll be seeing that one coming up soon. And then there'll be all these other people that are like, you know. Who are they? <laughs> so right. We'll go from there. Cool. All right. Well, with- I got to say, I think my favorite part of that show is the theme music. It is good music. I agree. I look forward you, to it. Do you like that? that? Because I actually made that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I, I pieced together some uh the uh, loops from uh, GarageBand. Nice. And was just one night was just like, I'm going to go P. Diddy on this, and I think I'm going to make my own music. <laughs> wicked, wicked, wicked. Actually, yeah, it's it's just very clean. It's very smooth and simple. I like it. Thank you. Cool, cool. All right, enough kissing Matt's butt. Um yeah, so you want to you give them the information for uh, contacting us, Matt? 
Yeah, sure. Absolutely. If you've heard any comments or questions about something you hear today or, or if you have any comments or questions about something, I'm so perplexed that people are kissing my butt. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you can't take it. Right. But if you want to get a hold of us one way or the other, drop us a line at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message like our three voicemails tonight, which is 623-242-2450. And, you know, I noticed we had no Roberto tonight. Yeah. What's that up with that? Usual. Oh, He's taking a vacation. Yeah. He's taking a break yeah, that, and letting some other people talk for a while. He, deser- he deserves a vacation, definitely. Yeah. So we look forward to hearing from everybody. Yeah, and hey, you know, uh, speaking of other people talking, thanks so much, Shannon, for being on the show with us. And folks, if you could, let us know what you think about this three-person format. We might be able to rotate some more people in here and there if you like it. And if you don't, maybe we'll do it anyway just to anger you. Um, That's right. You never know. So we can be as controversial <laughs> as possible. Yeah. We're going to be bringing on the knitters pretty soon. We're yeah. going to see what they can do. But yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Shannon. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Jim. It's an honor. Thanks, guys. Cool. All right, everybody, have a great woodworking week, and we'll catch you next time. Take care, everyone. Hey, guys. This is the Shopmonger coming to you from the SAC, that's Spousal Avoidance Center. You ever have that outdoor project that you're just not sure how to finish? One good suggestion is going down to your local body shop or automotive repair shop and seeing if they'll shoot this new three-part epoxy clear coat on it for you. I've done this on several projects for boats, and they've lasted for years, even in the salt water and nasty conditions. Just another tip coming to you from the SAC and Shopmonger. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.